Ooh, wow. Hello. <laughs> hello. Hello, hello, Moto. What up? What up, though? Hey, hey it's me, Battle. <laughs> oh, is this loud? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Scream right into my ear. But yeah, that's Hum Battle. This is me with my bleedy eardrums, Andre. And this is our show, Bros of Murder. I am currently wearing what Battle called a farmer's vest. It's sleeveless. Yeah, it's a, a flannel. flannel with no sleeves. It looks like it would yeah. be hot but cool. Yes, yes, because it's hot but cool out. <laughs> <And I'm laughs> it's hot but cool out. Yes. But uh, yeah, this is the show where we just talk about true crime involving people of color, usually. And not always crimes, but sometimes just like unjust shit. Mm-hmm. We also play you music. And sometimes you can hear a cat in the background acting wild. And the mind right. does. So uh, I think our episode today, oh, like our cases today are kind of like in the same realm. Yeah, that was a coincidence too. It was just injustice bullshit though. So do you want, who wants to kick it off, me or you? Um, it, I don't care. Okay, I'll kick it off. Okay. Also, I'm drinking a beer today. I'm drinking a, a little IPA. Which one is that? It's Sycamore Brewery. It's a brewery that's local to here, and it's a lighter calorie IPA. It tastes well, this pretty is a, good. This is a, this is a beer and fear. Yeah, that's another podcast I'm friends with. Is it? Hello, if you hear, yeah. Hey, beer and fear. Hi, beer me. and fear. I don't know who you are, <laughs> but I'd like to know who you are. Hey, cool. Anyway, so I caught my case today: American Horror Story, Parchment Prison. Bitch. Okay. Yeah, I'm in it. Okay, okay. Close down Parson Prison. Now, uh, go. I'm about to follow so, up with that bitch too, cause. So you know the old saying: if you do the crime, you gotta do the time, right? Everyone heard that. Yeah. Much like our roads and bridges in America, our prisons infrastructure is falling apart at the seams. The Ooh, same scenes. Bitch, yeah. that analogy. Okay, okay. The same scenes that are being held together by taxpaying dollars. And free labor from prisoners. Because, you know, it's just like slavery, but with extra steps. Oh, bitch. Yes, okay. But honestly, <laughs> who gives a shit about prisoners, am I right? Who gives a fuck? Because only about like 10,000 people a year are wrongly convicted of serious crime that they didn't do. I'm glad that it went somewhere else because I was like, I kind of give a fuck about prisoners. <laughs> but, I mean, the rest are just like savage animals who don't deserve to be reformed, right? You should just leave them in corrupt pits of gang-controlled guards and drugs in a poop-filled hole, Oof. much like Bane. Because, you know, Bane from Batman turned out great, didn't it? Oh, dude. Yeah. He's who I looked up to. I will break the bat! Have you watched the Harley Quinn series yet on uh, uh, DC Universe? No. I mean, I've only seen, like, her cartoon is so fucking funny. Is it? And they made they made Bane like so stupid and lovable. Like he's just <laughs> <this> giant. <laughs> like there's one scene where he's like trying to cut up this kid's credit card for spending too much money, and he was like, "I will be this kid's reckoning." <laughs> <laughs> and like, he like fought Batman and like almost killed him. And Two Face was like, "So what you do to Batman? Is he dead?" He was like, "Well, his legs were going in two different directions. I, I broke them." <laughs> like, the next time. We should just kill Batman. <laughs> we fight him. <laughs> no, I digress. Go watch the Harley Quinn show if you haven't. Uh, but so back to the story. 
cells flooded with sewage, a constant threat of violence, and corrupt prison staff that are worse than, you know, insert political party here. Are only a few concerned mm-hmm. with the image of parchment penitentiary. <laughs> did you like that? Yes, I did. Okay. <laughs> so okay, I see you, brother. These are only a few concerns that the inmates of Parchment Penitentiary in Mississippi have to worry about. Because guess what happened in 2020? What happened in 2020? Well, Daenerys Kovoy Targaryen swooped in her fucking dragon and blew a disease Ooh. across all of the world, uh-uh. and nothing's getting hit harder than our prisons uh-uh. because. They have nowhere to go, Ooh. especially the ones in Parchment Prison. Preach, brother! Preach! Keep going. We're suffering the worst. Preach! <laughs> what else is happening? Tell, let people know what is happening get, in these fucking. I'm gonna get prisons. into the tea. I'm gonna get Ooh. into the tea. Ooh. So now, Parchment has had a long history of brutal conditions. The state opened the prison back up in 1901 after purchasing a 1,300-acre plantation in you know the middle of fucking Mississippi Delta. Convicts were forced to farm labor like, like fucking slaves. Again, mm-hmm. they would work usually around like 15 hour or longer days in 100 degree heat, leading to exhaustion, heat stroke, illness, and death. And over a century later, parchment is still hot as shit because it has no AC and even more deadly than ever. And also, guess what? There's a plague basically going through there and <laughs> no one has any way to get clean. <laughs> Ugh. And all of this was leaked after several different inmates were able to sneak cell phones in there and take pictures and video evidence. I of fucking only love the- those videos, bro. By the way, like yeah. when I see people like with cell phones in there, I'm like, okay, okay. And like, how can I? S- <laughs> like, let me send you a phone. <laughs> like, I'm trying to help you, bro. Like, ooh, the flag. With <laughs> them hot Cheetos and shit. Right. I see you, Kevin. <laughs> but so. About to make some hooch. I want to live stream how to make some hooch. <laughs> but yeah, so the prison's awful and it was exposed to the world after these prisoners were able to get video evidence of not only the corruption within the prison guard, but also the failing infrastructure and shit and gray water spewing from their toilets. Ugh, bro. Were they able to get some actual attention? Mm-hmm. So now nine inmates recently died at Parchment Prison and this was like nine additional like there was already a shit that died that month but these were nine individuals who's also died in that month and it's happened in last january and it's it pushed everyone over the edge because it's like why are you having so many people inmates in your prisons dying like the rate yeah. of deaths in this prison are too high uh so as of january parchment held 2815 uh prisoners mm-hmm. well that's who that, that's who were like there and like we're dying that whole year <laughs> 2,850 prisoners were dying out of the 19,000 prisoners that are there what the fuck that's nearly half of them that's a pretty good staggering number so now Joshua Norman being the most recent man to die was found hanging in a cell of an apparent suicide a man named Timothy 35 was found dead in his bed in his unit where he was housed he suffered a fatal injuries the night before in a fight Another man, James Taylor, 36, suffered fatal injuries and was actually like, bludgeoned to death and died of injuries. And those are those just like a few of the more recent names of the long list of inmates who have been dying. What the fuck, dude? Yeah. And an inmate who wanted to remain nameless spoke to CNN and said that many inmates possess knives and that he is scared 
for his life every day. Fuck yeah, to dude. Quote him, yeah. So to quote him, gang violence is at an all-time high here. I just try to stay out of the way. I don't want to get stabbed. Certain inmates have huge knives made out of whatever they can find. I'm trying to make a home to my family. Now, the mother of another parchment inmate told CNN, who also just wanted to be identified as Chantel, like no last name, out of fear for her son, who was supposed to be released this January, but due to an altercation, a gang altercation, he got put in a prison hospital. Uh, so, to quote her, that night when the melee started over at 29, he got stabbed in the eye. We don't know how, when, where, why, because we can't talk to him. The prison won't release any records on him, about him, his condition to this day, and his mother and family just want to know, A, when is he getting out because he should have already been released? B, is he alive still? And C, what happened to him? Mm. And why can't we talk to him? Mm. So now, officials all chalk this up to the many different gangs and gang wars that happened in a jailhouse that, you know, the staff should be stopping because that's their part of their job. The inmates, many, many, many inmates who were either in there still or were there at one point, all attest to the fact that the guards belong to different gangs. Oh, dude, I'd be so fucking scared. Yeah. That's scary. To quote one man, he said, man, it's way bigger than gangs. It's the administration. Uh, The administration is in these prisons are the biggest gangs. Some guards, they come here and they're already affiliated with gangs. This man continued. So, yeah. So, and this was one of the men who actually was able to get a phone with fellow inmates and record all the different shits happening. But everyone's saying the same thing that the gangs run the prison because the people who work there are all gang affiliated. So they just let shit happen. So when there's gang wars and shit like that happening, they'll let it go as long as it needs to go before they like have to step in. So this young man who got stabbed in the eye, it could have possibly been prevented if the the fucking people who work there weren't affiliated with gangs and doing their actual jobs and keeping all the inmates safe. Bro, could you imagine being like a non-violent criminal in these jails and shit is popping off? Or someone who didn't do shit. Or right? (laughs) And you're in jail. Like, dude, fuck and that. Then you look to like, the gu- and then you look to the guard for help, and the guard's like, go on, man. Oh, uh, well. <laughs> you better go get in that fight. <laughs> like, that's scary, dude. I'm a little dude. My shoulders slope. I have small features. <laughs> like, I, I can't go so, to jail, bro. <laughs> now, Parchment's failing infrastructure was detailed in a 154-page report by the state health inspector who visited the prison in June 2019. He noted there was mold growing on the walls, inoperable toilets, and a handful of cells with water that, like, there's water everywhere. Jesus. And there's some cells without electricity. So maintaining hygiene is nearly impossible, and maintaining hygiene is more important now than it is ever. How are we allowing this to happen? America, fucking wake the fuck up. Like, dude, like, fuck, dude. My... I need to check my blood pressure. Blood pressure battle about to come out. Like, <laughs> So in Unit 30, Randy Anderson and Larry Jenkins saw the advice on TV, on like the TV, to wash their hands and cover their face because, you know, it's an epidemic happening. And then they also realized at the same time that, oh, shit, we can't do that here because we don't have any fucking running water or anything to cover our faces with. Oof. Fuck, dude. And they also, you know, can't social distance in prison. Nope. Nope. 
And there was actually an outbreak in Unit 26, Jesus and things are only going to get worse from there. So there's already an outbreak, a small outbreak. But living in such close quarters and having no access to any type of clean water to bathe yourself with, uh, it's going to spread like fucking wildfire. That's fu- that fucking sucks, dude. That makes me mad. Like, I don't know. I mean, I get it. Some people may have done some, like, things wrong, but, like... Dude, like, oh my fucking! Why did you have we're to still, take this case? Still, yeah, we're still. I haven't even got to my case. Human rights. Like, inalienable, not just human rights, inalienable human rights. We have yeah. fucking inalienable human rights. I don't know what that word means, but uh, you said it with such, you know, force. I'm just gonna assume it's something like good. Anyway, <laughs> it's for everyone. So everyone. Miss- so Mississippi Governor Tate, Re- uh, sorry, Tate V's called for the closure of Unit 29, which is one section of the uh, penitentiary, after deeming it unsafe due to failing infrastructure. But, you know, he's also one of the people calling for the whole place to get shut the fuck down because it needs to be. Many inmates are filing lawsuits against the prison, and actually rapper Jay-Z and Yo Gotti are helping hire lawyers and pay for lawyer fees Good. to help Good. Know, get these men just not only get the justice they deserve, but also to get the prison fixed. We need the shit fixed. So now Parchment is a, well, not surprisingly, it's a privately owned prison. And like other privately owned prisons, their interest isn't in reforming their inmates. They need their inmates for their labor. It's, again, like I said, slavery with action steps. So we need to learn from shit like this, do better, and start over because upon release these individuals will face many practical and social challenges to rejoining their communities with many of them facing barriers to opportunity to like due to lack of education and just practical skills a recent report shows that current strategies used by our system don't really achieve any type of rehabilitation or increase public safety at all it's completely ineffective with more than 80% of those leaving state prisons being rearrested again in the future. Because a lot of them, they get out and they have nothing. Because they don't They can't ha- get in a good job. They can't go get an education. So they fall back into the same shit that led them in prison. And then they go back to prison. Can we just so- like get some fucking mentorship or some like mental health or whatever it may be to fucking help these people? Rehabilitation. Bitch, I'm fucking. So my blood is boiling right now, and it's so hard not to stop. So, prison reform is the really the one remedy to all of the justice system's ineffectiveness that many states and federal governments have well need to start exploring more. So now, prison reform to sum it up, really is focused on ensuring public safety and restoration for those impacted by crime through the creation of constructive cultures within our prison systems. And by that, I do mean like reducing prison populations to not just arresting a motherfucking teenager who was like pushing a gram of weed and throwing him in a prison for like the rest of his fucking life. You're not going to like Heather my case, before. bro. I probably won't. <laughs> or arresting a whole bunch of protesters and throwing them in prison for no fucking reason. Reduce the prison population. Provide more chances for further education. Some of these people don't even have the high school diplomas. I can't. So how can they go on to get better jobs like that when they don't have a formal education? I have not been so triggered right now. I just want yeah. to point out, like, I, I am fucking triggered, like, right Your now. cheeks like, are red. Like, I'm so fucking mad right now. I'm sorry for interrupting. <laughs> no, you're okay. 
And we also need more mental health services because studies have shown that was in California that when you have mental health services in state, there was actually a 22% reduction in misconducts. And also just going out that people aren't getting arrested for the same shit. So not only are people in a prison doing better together, like they're being kind of less, basically like less chill, being more chill. They're also not going out and doing a shit that they wanted to back in there. We need also need more substance abuse treatment because in California, again, a study shown that there was a 48% reduction in reincarceration, sorry, and reincarceration rates for drug offenses. So the people who were in there for drugs, who got the treatment for substance abuse, were less likely to go back out and get rearrested for drugs. Almost half of the people weren't getting rearrested for drugs. That's to show you right there that. <laughs> This shit's helping. Yeah. Prisons, my final thoughts on this. Prisons shouldn't be a death sentence for everyone because not every inmate is a monster or a lost cause. There are a lot of people who are victims of circumstances or people who just generally fucked up at a low point and they fucked up. Just or they did something. Hey, Google, shut up. It started, my Google box started reading off the past <laughs> of Jesse from Disney. I don't know why. <laughs> okay, so. Uh, where was I at? I'm sorry. The fuck me Your up. final thoughts. Yeah, my final thoughts. So, yeah. So, these people aren't all people who can't be reformed, rejoin society, and be productive citizens. They should be allowed to pay their debt to society and then come out on the other end with the tools to not only do better for themselves, but do better for their communities. And there is a petition on change.org to shut down Prussian prison. It's almost at its mark. And I'll put that in the show notes. So you can just check it out and sign it if it hasn't reached its mark yet. Or you can donate to it because the donations are going to the lawyer funds to help these inmates file the lawsuits. Fuck probably own prisons. That's all I gotta say on that. I am not case. in a good mood. Like, I was in a good mood. And now I'm not in a good mood. I know I wasn't gonna be in a good mood by the time I finished reading my case because it's coincidentally enough, like, we didn't plan to have like such similar cases. Or like Yeah, such... we never really planned out our cases together. No. Other than like the the serial killer ones. Yeah. This is something new and like I'm glad that we were like on the same wavelength, bro, because like I, I, I understand that we are a murder podcast where we talk about murders, but sometimes, like, for us, being black men... Have you heard men, the theme song? The theme song covers... Hey, we also bring light to the justice, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> and I just think a lot of shit is fucked up, and, like, our justice system, justice system is completely fucked, and, like, it makes my blood boil, because... People like Andre and I could just get arrested for some dumb shit or get convicted for some dumb shit. Like, and then we're trapped in prison. Yeah, and it fucking sucks. Like, I don't know. Okay, whatever. But I hope everyone is doing well. My case is not about murder, but instead it is about someone that got life in prison for nonviolent drug charges. Oh, wow. Yeah, his name is Chris Young, and he is still alive today. And him and I like what we share obviously besides like him and I being black like we're the same age so I could easily be Chris Young um but Chris Young he was born in Clarksville Tennessee in 88 I was born in 89 um 
But he was broke. And what's your social security number? My social security number? Oh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't leaked that yet. But um, if you guys want to steal my shit, I mean, I've been a victim of fraud so many times. And I'm just like, hmm. I don't got shit, so <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> they, they leave your money. <laughs> yeah, they're like, oh, bro, my bad. Sorry, here you go. Here's another social security number that might like have something. Did I help you out, yeah. <laughs> but um, so like he was born into a broken home. And I hope people start seeing like a trend of where like I'm coming from when it comes to like the cases that we do or the cases that I like like to choose. Yeah, like there's a trend with coming from a broken home. Like me personally, I come from a broken home. I come from like a single family home where like I'm a product of domestic violence. That's just how it is. But it sucks. And a lot of shitty outcomes come from or stem from like broken homes. There have been a lot of studies that have been done that suggest that in family disruption, such as divorce or being in single family like household or single parent parent households, domestic violence and so on, does make children like does in fact make children more susceptible to getting in trouble. I'm not saying that all children that grow up in these environments or grow up in the environments that like I went through um, are trouble. I just I just am saying that like we're more susceptible to it. Yeah, it's harder friend. to be success successful in life when like the whole fucking world is against you. You got trauma. Yeah. Right. Um, so Chris Young at a young age didn't have a stable relationship with his father, but not only with his father, but with his mother also. Like he lived with his mother who was, he lived with his mother who was essentially beat by the system to keep people who look like us down. She battled with substance abuse. And unfortunately for Chris and his brother, she was in and out of jail while she still had like custody of her kids. Like, I don't understand how that works. Chris, Chris Young, Chris, he lived in extreme poverty. And at times he lived with no electricity and no water. And along with living in what has been described like what i've read like pretty much like slums he also lived with a disease that is something that is very familiar in like the black community called sickle cell anemia um which sucks because like with having sickle cell like there's only treatment for the disease but there's not a cure and essentially what happens is is like good red blood cells again i'm getting into my nerd stages because again I was super into like the human anatomy, but your blood cells, what happens is they start to break down and they're not able to form properly or like, it's like a mutation though. Right. Yeah. It's like, it was like, well, like if you get like a malaria, it, so they're, they're, they're born with it. Like it, like every, every type of disease is like essentially a mutation. So like it's passed I mean, down. Like, isn't it like something where it's like, if like you get like malaria or you can't get malaria if you have sickle cell or some shit like that? I don't know. I would have to read about it. I know there's like some, I was reading some book about it. It was like some, it was like some correlation between malaria and sickle cell and that people who have, I get I have to like recheck this. People who have sickle cell can't get malaria because of the way the red blood cells is shaped the malaria yeah. can't like attach onto it they look like pretty well they pretty much look like, like little yeah and it, it sucks 
because although there's a prognosis or like a treatment plan for it, that's just it. There's only treatment, but there's not a yeah. cure for it. Um, so like he's had surgery like on his hip because like he walks with like a limp because like it was that detrimental to him. Um, but one of the most unfortunate events that I think that happened in Chris's life was that his brother committed suicide. Not only that, dude, like Chris was the one that found his brother, his brother's lifeless body. If anyone has ever lost a friend or a family member, like I know I have lost a few friends, like it fucking hurts. Like it hurts to the core because like my sister found her her dead mother and that she was like a wreck from that for like years it's it's hard how do you cope with it like it's difficult to understand because although like we can reach out and like say hey andre like if you want to talk like let's fucking talk like no one can that perf- wasn't we have, we, have different, we have different moms that wasn't my mom my mom was alive right okay just um, clarify <laughs> yeah like we can't like we can talk to people that want to commit suicide like we can be there for people but ultimately yeah, like, really, like we can't mitigate it, it. No. Yeah. yeah like if someone's mind is made up about hurting themselves, like their mind is made up and like, it probably means a lot that you're reaching out to them. And I think you should continue to reach out to people that like are sad and that need to talk. But like, if their mind is made up, it's kind of hard to change that. It's like, you have to do something that is just fucking monumental to say, okay, my life is valuable. It's hard. And it's something hard to digest. And it's something if people are mad at me for saying it, so be it. But like, I've lost people in my life. It's a lot. I went through, so uh, on the military side, I'm also in the military. I am a certified uh, resilience trainer. So like there's the master resilience trainer and then resilience trainer. And basically what we do is we're like counselors kind of, and we're trained in like suicide awareness and like how to help someone talk to people down like that. And a lot of like talking down when it comes to suicide is in a way, like you don't outright say make the person confront it, but in a way you ask these leading questions to make the person say it out loud. So like if, if, if let's say you're being depressed and you're showing a lot of signs that you want to commit suicide, I would ask you do you want to commit suicide? Mm-hmm. And then if you say yes, I would ask you if you made a plan and then go from there and then as you're talking about it and talking it through you're supposed to it kind of helps the person open up about it more because studies have shown the more people open up about their suicidal idealizations and shit like that the less likely they are to commit because not only now are they like letting someone they care about know you know you're also offering that person Mm -hmm. like kind of like a way out like all right well let's now that we all have it all on the table and cleared let's go get you help so if you have someone that you know who's like has suicidal thoughts don't like push them but kind of help, you know, be there, help them talk about it, help them get it out because that's, you could be saving your life. Yeah. I, it's so tough. Like, I know I'm supposed to do a case, but like I had a friend, like I know I was the last person to talk to him and everything seemed fine. He just got back off deployment. He was happy. Those are always the most I like talked to him and like it, it, it really affected me personally because not 45 minutes after I talked to him, I got an email like everyone that lived in the barracks got an email from like the uh, master chief of our like our battalion was like, hey, if you live in the barracks, you need to come back now. And like it was literally 45 minutes. And 
I didn't even notice anything was wrong because we talked at a normal conversation. He's like, like, bro, I'm about to go on leave. I'm excited. He's from Vegas and him and I, we shared, um, his name was Blake. Um, we shared like the same like music. Like we both like metal and like he like, yeah. And so like I was talking, I was like, dude, I'm so fucking glad you're back. I'm so excited that you get to go on leave soon, which he was going to go on leave like the next day to go home. And like, he ended up killing himself right after I talked to him. I didn't notice anything. He wasn't giving away anything. And he like was so normal. Like it, it fucking broke my heart. And for a long time, I felt so guilty. Like I knew I could, I thought I could change something, but I couldn't. And like, I'm okay with that, but I'm glad that you educated me on like how to handle someone like that, like moving forward, because I didn't know, I didn't feel like, you know, yeah, if I, if, if I knew we were going to talk about this, I would have brought up a whole MRT yeah. book and like broke down and all, but yeah, sorry, but okay, go but on. yeah, so yeah, thank you for that, Andre. I really appreciate it. Like my heart feels much better, but, um, so Chris, he began selling drugs at a young age. It's difficult, you know, because like the hustle is real for some people. Like sometimes it's the only way people are able to Especially make NCT. Young, yeah, so, like I I had friends who were pushing weight when I was sixteen, and like it seemed like a good idea because they were making money. But right. I also knew that I am too nice of a person, and I knew if like someone if I fronted someone some weed, yeah, like, <laughs> and they never paid me back, I would be like, all right, man, it's whatever. Cool. <laughs> yeah, it's you're fine. Yeah. So, like, it's a way to make ends meet, especially if you grew up in, like, such a broken family. Um, And at ages 18 and 19, he was arrested and caught some drug possession, like, charges. One of the arrests, one of the arrests that he had was for less than seven, seven grams of, like, weed and cocaine combined. But he had a firearm. And the other, like, time that he got arrested, he had less than half a gram of coke where... Both charges, he only got probation. However, those like charges, there are felony charges because they were like narcotics. They still counted against him. So at age of 22, Chris was arrested at a gas station where he was talking with someone who was pretty much the whole brains behind of his drug ring. And when he was arrested, he had in possession at the time a gun some drugs and $10,000 worth of $10,000 in cash. So moving forward a little bit on his trials or his, his trial or his trials, Chris was first offered a plea deal of 14 years in prison. But since he didn't have any like prior, like big convictions other than like the drugs that he got, the drug charges he got, that was pretty much probation. He felt that since he was nonviolent 14 years was way too much. So he decided instead of taking a plea, 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 plea deal, he went to trial. So to mitigate going to trial, the court was like, all right, dude, you're fucking trying your luck. Like we're going to offer you another plea deal, but now we're going to offer you 22 years in prison since you didn't want to take our 14 years in prison. But Chris was like, no, the fuck no, you're not going to offer me 22 years. Like, I get it. Like I was wrong, but to go away for to jail for more than t- ten years, let alone twenty years, it doesn't seem fair. Yeah. Like it make doesn't it seem sense. fair. Like yeah. And I get it. Like people may be like, "Oh no, he got what he deserved." But I'm just like, like if I'm, you're gonna do, if you're gonna make the go that route, then say 
make that consistent across the fucking board then. Right. Oh, we're going to get there, If you're going to go heavy on fucking drug charges, make it consistent across the board. We're going to fucking get there, dude. Like, I'm always conflicted about these cases because I understand, yeah, he was being part of the problem as far as putting drugs into our community. But like growing up in that lifestyle where all you know is that it's kind of hard to break. How do you so make it difference? to get wrapped up into it? it. Exactly. Yeah, like, like that's fucking so awesome. E- it's harder to not get wrapped up. Like, especially when you live like a, a shitty neighborhood in inner city. I, I grew up in Philadelphia. So it was hard to not <laughs> fall into that shit because everyone around you is doing it. Like you have to understand like where these, where he is coming from. And I, I think I think nonviolent drug dealers or offenders or nonviolent offenders should give him the opportunity to get like adequate things like rehabilitation or some type of help. Substance abuse, to, education, like, mental health. Yes, to break this fucking cycle, dude. Like they need to be given the opportunity to be reintroduced into society as like yeah. functioning members given of a fair society. Shot. Yeah, like especially when someone's so fucking young. Let's let's try and get these people help versus looking like versus like locking them up and throwing away the fucking key. Whatever. I guess it's like 2020 now. Like, so throwing away the fucking pass password to like locking them up because I'm imagining, I don't know. They don't have keys, but key cards. I want to say also people forgive me for like saying like a lot. I get it. I sound like from someone from the Valley, but guess what? I'm from California and I grew up skateboarding and shredding the fucking gnar. So deal with it. I say like a lot. I actually have a tattoo of a shark because I like, surfed a lot too and like skateboarded a lot that says fun fact about fun, fun tidbit about me i have a tattoo of grimace on a skateboard holding a knife in my thigh <laughs> that's dope you you. that no you need to send yeah, me a picture of it it's grimace on a skateboard holding a knife and then it says call your dad i'll stab him too <laughs> i love real, that real shit <laughs> <All right. laughs> fucking shred the narbrew um but yeah we could do better for these types of like convicted felons but back to the case, Chris ended up spending three years in prison waiting for his court date, just waiting because he didn't have money for like bail. Yeah. But during this time, like Chris, he spent a lot of time like reading and educating himself on like law, medicine, economics, you name it. Chris was about learning and he had nothing but time to do that, to learn. Yeah. So, remember how I talked about his two run-ins with drug possessions previously? Yes. They fucking came back to haunt him. Ooh, spooky. And so, weird thing about, like, the whole case is that Tennessee, they're one of the states that have a three-strike law for convicted felons, which prior, which the prior two convictions, even though there was no jail time, they still counted against him. And with Tennessee having, like, the three-strike law, that means... That means, like, guess what? Chris got. Keep in mind, his prior convictions only gave him probation pre- previously. And he was convicted for this last time for manufacturing, delivery, the sell and possession of Schedule 2 controlled substance, substance less than 0.5 grams of cocaine with the intent to manufacture, sell or deliver less than 0.5 grams. But so they had him with everything they could. Everything. The conviction, he had a gun, some money, some drugs, all of them nonviolent, 
he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole at the age of 26. The judge, the judge even stated that this is way out of whack and that each, like you said earlier, this is what the judge said. Each defendant is supposed to be treated as an individual. And I do not think that is happening here. But again, the law is the law. That's what Tennessee has. The judge eventually stepped down because he could not see how this was justice. And he saw that there was an issue with the law. And that sucks so much. Like, bro, he's a year older than me. And he is going to spend the rest of his life behind bars. While, like, I'm worried about, like some bullshit like that I may get into that is going to affect me very minimally. Like, bro, he's in life. He's in prison for the rest of his life. But although he is serving out a life sentence, Chris has been very like active in prison. Um, He wants to make a change in the justice system. He has helped a lot of like his fellow inmates get like their GED. And he's done that through like tutoring them and mentorship. He's also taught himself how to code like computer code, which from experience, like even with guidance, coding, coding is extremely difficult. So I think that's dope as fuck that he's remaining educated when like he's not given like good opportunity. Yeah. Like, yeah, like he's fucking dope as shit, dude, like fucking Chris Young. But he's also gotten like celebrities such as like, Kim Kardashian to help with this case and possibly like help him get exonerated, like get him acquitted of like his charges. He really wants to make a a difference in the justice system, especially when it comes to low level drug crimes. Like it's some fucking coke. Like I knew a lot of people in my engineering program that did coke all the time. That's a fucking party drug, whatever. Like not a fan. Like, come on, dude, like, fuck these mandatory minimum sentences and fuck private prisons. Fuck the people that run these private prisons. Like, instead of... Didn't Hillary Clinton have own a private prison? Or she, like, ran one something like that? Like, bitch, do you want to talk about this right now? I don't know. Okay. Because, like, okay, yeah. (laughs) Because I could have some conversations, but whatever. I think what we need to do... Like, instead of locking these people away, let's get some good fucking rehab. Let's get some mentorship for people like Chris or the people that Chris helps while he's in, like, locked up. Let's give them another chance at life. Like, because we're all deserving for the opportunity of change. And that is my case. Make a difference. Doing a slow clap. (laughs) One of the ones you see in the movie where, like, it'll build up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, I'm glad we were on the same like wavelength with that. Yeah, dude. And the same mindset because it's it makes me upset too because the most of the people you see in prison are like you said, people who look like me and you. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them are just shafted repeatedly by our system. Right. And we're- it's sickening. Like, if you want to talk about equity, like, we could talk about fucking racial equity. Like, yeah, it is not fucking balanced. Like, if we if we want to set outside, like, equality, okay, we could set equality aside, but we could talk about equity. We are not, like, on the... 
we are not treated the same. And that is fucking present every single day. It is fucking present. And that shit, like, it pisses me off. Like, obviously, I'm, I have not oh, walked wait, away. Know what, what, know what happened today? What happened? So, in my town, I, like it, I right now, I live in Franklinville, New Jersey. It's a small, like, rural, I, can't, I can never say the word properly. Rural. Rule. Is that how you say it? Rule. 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 Rural? Yeah. That's Rural. good. Yeah, you're good. Okay. I live in a small like farm town. Like my neighbor, she has a farm. Like it's a real small hick town. And yesterday there was a Black Lives Matter protest. A very peaceful Black Lives Matter protest. Because there's probably only like 500 people who live in this town. And this motherfucker, <laughs> this old dude named Joe. I'm not gonna put his last name out there. I don't want to dox him. But he went on his lawn with an All Lives Matter sign. And it had his brother lay on the ground so he could put his knee in his neck to prove some kind of point. I don't know what. what he had his knee in his neck while holding the All Lives Matter sign. And I was like, Joe! Fuck you, Joe. I thought, and I thought he was cool forever. I was like, Joe, what the fuck? And he went on Facebook saying, well, they're going to burn down our town. I was like, no, no they're weren't. not. Like, no, no, we live here no, too, dude. Joe. We know like, us. No. You know everyone you know you know no no we're not gonna burn down yeah. shit like you better go get your fucking white supremacist I live, friends I live, that, I live, like i live four doors down from him i was like joe why would i burn down my own fucking house this makes no sense right makes like, no bro, sense, joe. like that is so fucking disrespectful dude oh, so you know God. to close out fuck private prisons yes fuck trump fuck joe Fuck Joe. Yeah. <laughs> Joe, are you listening to this, you son of a bitch? <laughs> you son of a bitch. You stupid bitch, Joe. Oh, you bitch. Uh, but that's the show. Yeah. Uh, enjoy the music. You know, follow the social medias Instagram, yeah. Facebook, Rose's Murder, Twitter, Murder Bruh. Can I plug my uh, uh, Instagram out? Plug, plug whatever you want. My Instagram is oh, hello blogs. Like O H hello blogs. Oh, hello. Oh, hello. Blogs. Yeah. Yeah, and then he also does hello blogs on like Twitch. And yeah, I'm a video game streamer. I'm trying to fucking, I'm trying to make video game streaming yep. inclusive because I'm like yes. one of like black one of not many like black streamers. Um, and you're also Filipino. I'm black and Filipino. Yes. So yeah, we yeah. don't carry COVID. Like I, my mom has gotten some shit for being Asian and. Just because she's Asian, she has COVID. Like, bitch. Like my cousins, my, my cousins are half like half South Korean, and they be getting shit too bro. because they look very like Korean. Yeah, uh, it's, it's that's crazy. fucking. But bullshit. anyway, you know, studying racist, enjoy yeah, the music. Well, we care about you all. Yes, I do. Unless you're racist. a except, fucking except racist. Except for Joe, I don't yeah. care about Joe. Fucking bastard, dude. Uh, bye. <laughs> See ya. And my laptop is on 7%. Long shot, but I got the reach. Lock, now I'm off the leash Mic drop, I ain't gotta preach I just do what comes natural Five star, everything I see Live lives, no apology